You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I didn't take any notes, so I'm going to kind of wing this. And uh, I have a feeling this is going to be the J Show again because uh, you are <laughs> all up on the emulation. But I think there's stuff. Oh, yeah, there. I don't have any notes either. I'm just like, I'm just here to listen in. <laughs> Well, before you uh, listen, Joe, I want to know how your uh, how your birthday was. Happy birthday, by the way, buddy. Yeah, oh, man. thank you. Thanks. It was good. Did you do anything fun? Sarah took me to see Eternals. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, uh, we are we're kind of split in this household on how we feel about that movie. Oh, I wonder uh, uh, who goes I, what way. Well, no, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I I I enjoyed it. I, there were things about it that I liked, um, but she she did not. Um, I, I think I think there were there were also aspects of the movie that she enjoyed, but I, I think walking away from it, uh, it wasn't like a positive experience. Whereas I kind of I, I don't know there were there were things that I found about the movie that I was like okay, and it's definitely more subjective. Like it's mm-hmm. like oh, it's whatever I brought into the movie, like right. what I got out of it. It was like oh okay cool. Like I, I I am reading this and this is relevant to me because of this thing. Um, and and the thing is, it's one of those movies, and we've talked about it before on the Editing Bay podcast, like, it's one of those movies where someone can, like, lay out all the reasons why it's a horrible movie, and all I can do is just go, yep, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I think you're you're correct on every point. I still enjoyed it, <laughs> but right. I, I totally understand, you know, you're you're absolutely right. It's one of those, like, I feel like when I tell people I like the movie, I'm going to have to make sure that I, like... I preface like, look, I like this movie, and it's not one of those like, oh, you didn't like it. Well, it's because you didn't get it. Like that's uh. definitely not what's going on. <laughs> that's that's not that's not the deal here. It's a sloppy movie. It's rough. No, no, really. Um, wow. Yeah, really? it's it is a rough movie, and it's super long. Like it's two and a half hours. Oof. It feels like it's like three fifteen. Wow. Um, you can't make a movie yeah, called it, Eternals and it have a super long <laughs> runtime because those uh, critical headlines is right themselves. I know they do exactly, Eternal. and here's the th- here's the thing about the Eternals. Be- they live up to their namesake. They're like they've been on Earth for seven thousand years, mm-hmm. and Clo- Chloe Zhao is trying to tell this whole seven thousand year story in one movie. Yeah, and the thing is, like, the Eternals should have been treated like the Infinity Stones in the first couple phases of Marvel, where it's like we just kind of you know pepper the characters throughout other people's movies mm. or other stories. I like that. And yeah. through like the TV shows and stuff and like give us a little glimpse of the Eternals until we kind of have a better idea just through other movies who they are. Then you could give them their own thing. But yeah. yeah. It was it was too too long of a movie about too many characters that nobody cares With about. Too many so, problems. Oh yeah. And not yep. much love to go around. All right. Well, uh, I was in confusion. Uh, I was telling Jenna that uh, you know now is maybe the time to get off the Marvel wagon because um, we weren't seeing any movies in 2020. Of course, no Marvel movies were released then. Uh, I enjoyed Black Widow. I think we both enjoyed that one quite a lot. Um, and and I've been loving the hell out yeah. about their their TV offerings, but uh, just yeah, haven't been jazzed yeah. by any of these uh, upcoming films. Shang Chi is really good. I yeah, that one too. That, yeah. that movie was phenomenal. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Well, that's coming to Disney Plus um, this weekend, so I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. I think uh, the the twelfth this Friday. That's right. Um, and the new Spider Man looks fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be kind of a good time. But who knows, man? One of the things that Eternals also suffers from, mm-hmm. I think, is at least in my opinion, 
I think there's just kind of a Marvel fatigue. That, yeah. Like, it's just, okay. <laughs> All right. We just got uh, through these four phases of movies that took over a decade. And it's like, okay, can yeah. we finally get off the train now? Or uh, is there more coming? Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know any of these characters. Like, I didn't grow up with any of these characters. So, uh, no, at least with... Nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they're not, no, they're not actually true. part of a... Nobody knows the who these characters are. No, they're absolutely... They've had their own oh, comic. Okay. They've been around okay. since... Jack Kirby created them in, like, the, the 50s or the 60s. The thing okay. is, nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> read them. They're kind of like... Like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like nobody cared about the Guardians of the Galaxy. But the difference is they got a, a filmmaker like James Gunn mm, yeah. who knows how to make characters interesting mm. by like giving them some kind of appeal, like making their relationships dynamic with each other. Yeah. Chloe Zhao, like here's a, you look at the writing team, the producing team of Eternals, mm. the writers and the director don't have any experience in this genre yeah. at all. Yeah, it looks like... Whereas un- James Gunn has done stuff like this. Like, he's done comic booky fun movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, this th- this was a horrible, horrible <laughs> way to treat this movie. Like, it was, it, was very, it was very reckless. Like, we're just going to find someone who's successful. Great. Well, now you know what mistake you've made. Like, here <laughs> yes. we go. I feel like they've done that before. Yeah. Yeah, with Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> I was just going to say, I didn't want to name names, but uh, yeah, you put it yeah. out there. Oh, poor yeah. Kenneth. You know what? No, I'm not going to not gonna stand up for that movie. He's done. <laughs> Here we go. He's done other great <laughs> movies. He, he is not a bad director. That was just kind of a, Dude, a difficult no. one to master. Have you seen the trailer for Belfast? Mm, no, I have not. Oh, gotta, dude! You guys check it out. Right. Check it out when you're when we're, when we're done. Check it. It's it looks amazing, and it's a Kenneth Branagh film. I mean, he's a, he did the uh, um, what was the Murder on the Orient Express, and he's got the sequel of that coming Murder out. So I guess Express. he's been yeah. a busy guy. He's got two movies coming out soon. He he did Dead Again. He directed and starred in that Hell one. Yeah. Much Ado About yeah. Nothing. One of my favorites. Uh, Shakespeare uh-huh. adaptations for film. It's the editing bay right here on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joel. <laughs> I'm Joe. And this is where and we I'm come Jimmy. to talk about movies, but uh, just Tess. kidding. <laughs> just going to get Tess in there. No, this is not the editing bay. This is the 16-bit gladiators right here on the Next Wave Radio Network, although you wouldn't know it uh, from us talking movies the last 10 minutes. But this is where we come to talk about video games. That's right. I am your uh, co-host, Joel, and every week I am joined by Jay Gunn. Hello, Jay. Hey, and semi regularly by uh, Joe Cucinati. Hello, Joe. <laughs> a semi. Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> hello, hello. And uh, this week, uh, as we do every week, uh, we talk about video games. Let me do the little plugs here before we get into it, uh, because we do have a website. That's right, sixteenbitgladiators.com is where you're going to find us, and all links to our social networks. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We also have a Twitter handle. They are both called Sixteen Bit Gladiators, so you can find them there. Uh, and we have handy uh, links there on our website to subscribe to this year's podcast. All that and more on 16bitgladiators.com. Uh, and as I said, yes, every week we come together to talk about video games. Sometimes it's a, a genre. Sometimes it's a specific game uh, or franchise of games. Uh, but this week uh, we've got a topic uh, recommended once again by our very own Jay Gunn. A topic that is near and dear to your heart. And dare I say, uh, everyone's heart here on the panel. Because uh, we all like to get our hands wet. With a little bit of video game emulation. That's right. Uh, yes. This is a uh, technology, or, or a uh, how would you describe it? It is a um, a, a method. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a technology, but yeah, I would say it's it's kind of a method mm-hmm. of 
preserving older games. Yes, there you uh, go. Being able to being able to play older games on modern hardware. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know when when the regular Nintendo went out of print, you could no longer play them, and you had all these games. Uh, but no system to play them on. Well, what do you do? Well, you plop down $50 for these games. You uh, own the license and the rights to play them. Nothing in there about mm-hmm. uh, your technology uh, being obsolete. Uh, so the only way to do that some with some games nowadays uh, is to, yes, emulate them. Find the ROM. The ROMs get ripped from the uh, uh, the, the cartridge itself or this disc, the cartridge, yeah. whatever it may be. Or the disc, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, loaded onto a, another computer. And then that computer... Runs a uh, program, piece of software that emulates uh, what the hardware in the original NES or whatever video game system you happen to be uh, attempting to emulate. Uh, so before we get right in, uh, was, how did I do? Was that a nice description? <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's kind of a perfect description, yeah. All right, this is my, uh, I have a basic understanding of how that stuff works, uh, but we'll, we'll get into a little more of the details. Uh, but before we do, yeah. want to go around the panel here and uh, talk about your first experiences with emulation. Uh, I will kick it off because the first time I remember learning this was a thing that could be done was uh, maybe around mid-2000s, like 2005 or so. I remember the Dreamcast, Sega Dreamcast, the failed uh, yeah. uh, system uh, that was kind of ahead of uh, its time in a lot of ways. Great little piece mm-hmm. of hardware, just uh, you know, Sega doing what Sega do. And uh, mishandling another console launch. Uh, but uh, yeah. when they started trying to like clear out stock of those things, I mean, they were going for like 99 bucks. Um, mm. And I picked one up because I heard. I think I even got one for like 49 bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Clearance. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and now they're, they're kind of a, a, I don't want to say a collector's item, but uh, they probably go for mm-hmm. much more of that because, uh, well, people are doing what we did with them, which was. Uh, yeah. I burned uh, the entire catalog of the Atari 2600, all of the games, all of the games, onto one CD that also contained uh, the Atari 2600 emulator. So you pop this CD in your Dreamcast, and uh, voila, you're playing Atari 2600 games. And that just blew my mind. Um, Right? Not necessarily from a technology standpoint, because it seems like, yes, obviously, obviously, you know, according to Moore's Law, the, the, the technology and the hardware just keeps getting better and better every year. So why shouldn't you know a, a piece of hardware that was bought in 2005 be able to play games from 1985? Um, but there was just no easy method to do it. And here was the first time where it was like, click here, download this, install this, copy this, burn it, and there you go. So that was my first yep. experience uh, with emulation. Joe, what about yourself? Uh, I mean, it's really easy. It was probably at Jay's on his PC. Uh <laughs> making him get like ROMs of old games that I used to play as a kid, like arcade ROMs and uh, like you said, 2,600 games. Um, yeah. Like I, he would, he would download these. I mean, even back in the day, back when like we were kind of fresh out of high school, he was downloading ROMs for, for old games that I was playing on his PC and stuff and just spending hours, hours and hours. And eventually he and like, you know, our mutual friends, like they, they would build me uh PC towers every once in a while with all nice. their spare parts. And just basically, these machines were for video games and, and porn. That <laughs> <laughs> was it. All of the media. Yep. <laughs> uh, the awesome. two most important things in life. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. All right, Jay, uh, what about you? Uh, since we're here on your behest, let's uh, talk about your first experience <laughs> emulating something. 
so my my first experience emulating was it it was super nintendo i know that mm. i don't remember exactly when it had to have been probably 95 96 somewhere around there and i i just i remember being kind of impressed that we had a current console because at the time the super nintendo was still the current console yeah. and you were able to just play games from it on a computer with i mean generally no problem like there was you know there were some some issues with like frame skipping and things like that that you had to turn on to to mm -hmm. make things run at a at a full steady frame rate for some uh, some of the games and some of the games had some weird uh, layers that they would do like the I know the Super Nintendo you know how they had like the parallax scrolling and stuff like that oh that's right and yeah and some of those early emulators they actually had um, just in just to be able to run the games they had um, hacks that they would do so sometimes you would be missing layers of those so you would like on the on the um, Super Castlevania mm -hmm. uh, intro where you have like the the clouds coming over as it's doing the story yeah you could either have the clouds but not see the 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 tombstone oh or you could flip the switch on it and you get the tombstone but not the clouds rolling across oh. because they were on separate Couldn't layers the transparency. they were turning off yeah they I were turning see. off layers to to make them work huh yeah and then um, i know later on like you know when they started adding like the super fx chip that games like uh you know fire uh, firefox star fox and um firefox, yeah. uh, mario world 2 Yoshi's Island yeah. utilized that. Like, yeah, yeah you, you couldn't emulate those properly either, right? But yeah, that that's yeah, super for, early. For quite some time. Really super yeah. early to be emulating Super Nintendo. I didn't know that was happening even back in the 90s. Uh, impressive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he was grabbing ROMs for, like, the, the Japanese-only Final Fantasy games that weren't mm -hmm. released in the in the U.S. <laughs> uh, that was kind of where I got my first taste of trying to play Final Fantasy V. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they would come in, people would, uh, like, groups of people would get together and, you know, you'd have one or two guys that knew uh, assembly programming that mm -hmm. they could go in and actually hack into the ROM. And then the rest of them that could speak Japanese, so they would translate all of the text. Uh... And the people that, you know, could program it would, would program it into the game and then they would release a little patch and you had a little program that would patch your, patch yeah. your ROM that you have and you now you have an English translation of the of the Japanese only game. It was it was pretty great. One of then. the cool things that I think one of the cool things about Final Fantasy V that that emulator was like when you were playing through it like there was there were different layers and you were talking about this with like Castlevania a little bit too. But I like that you were able to remove like some of the layers so that way if like I was getting lost behind like tree cover or something mm -hmm. You could just hit a button and bam. Like what? there's you've taken a layer of the map off. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were able to take a layer of the map off and kind of made it a little bit easier to navigate some of the mazes and stuff. Yeah. It was uh it it was it it was a, a game changer, literally. Uh <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah. for for this kid who never really did any PC gaming and still like to this day doesn't do a whole lot on the computer, uh like it, it blows my mind as a strictly console gamer. Like it was like, whoa. Look at all these these options you have, <laughs> and and you know yeah. not only from a gameplay standpoint, and, and that's interesting what you're saying that you know, you were even back then you could like adjust, you know, turn mm -hmm. switches on and off, and and create kind of remixes on the games. But what you mentioned about the the translation, you know, some of these games yeah. just weren't released, and it worked both ways. Some games that were released in uh, you know North America that uh, weren't released. 
uh, in Japan or, or Europe um, or, or just weren't translated uh, because yeah. the developer didn't have the resources, you know, especially these RPGs where there's tons of text and it's not a one for one. You really need a copywriter to come in and be like, okay, what's the essence of what they're saying and how would you say this in right. English? Um, it's, right. a, it's a full-time job. It's a project. Uh, and some of these companies just don't see the dollar sign at the end of the tunnel to bother going through that process. So when when a fan base comes together and takes it upon themselves, like that's really kept a lot of these games right. alive, given them a new audience they wouldn't have otherwise had, uh, and and in a lot of ways um, is keeping this this living museum of video games uh, going, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like the early translations and stuff, they were they were pretty much just direct translations. So some of them were pretty rough, like yeah. Uh, you know, not really having the context of what they're what they're trying to say, yeah. so translating it properly. That's where you get a lot of uh, English, um, as uh, it's exactly. affectionately known. Yes, exactly. So when exactly. somebody, what, what's the uh, what's the big uh, all all our base are belong to us. <laughs> all your base are belong. All your to base us, are yes. belong to us. Look that up um, if you don't know what that is. By the way, all right, go ahead, Jay. Sorry. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as time goes on, of course, the the the, the fans will keep refining and 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 fixing these translations mm-hmm. and and making them uh, rival what we're getting now with you know this with the stuff that's coming out. Like, there's people now uh, with the later versions of Final Fantasy VI that have come out that actually prefer to go back to the original. Uh, Super Nintendo release and get a fan translation of it. Oh, really? uh, call, I think it's called the um, the Ken Woolsey edition mm-hmm. because Ken Woolsey was the guy that translated all of the Final Fantasy games for Square back in the day, and so they're they're kind of using his name not necessarily as tribute because he didn't he didn't always do the best job, <laughs> but they're but they're using it because you know kind of the purest the version. Did. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and of course they'll, they'll make sure that they retain some of the things that all the fans loved. Like, uh, there's a, there's a famous thing in, uh, in, in, uh, Final Fantasy four, uh, one of the characters, uh, says something like, yo, you spoonie bard. And yeah. I forget what the it was actually bard. supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that was how it got translated. So everybody loves that line. <laughs> and one of the, one of the official re-releases that got translated they removed that and the fans were like no we want that you got to keep that back in there so there there's some i don't know it's it's also kind of i mean the translations are funny because that's where like you get some of the weird name differences too like uh in final fantasy 7 in japan it's Aerith. Eris, with the th, yeah. but in America they translated it as Eris, Eris almost right. like someone thought somebody had a lisp. <laughs> like, yeah. Surely this okay. must be a typo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but it's like even little things like that, and it's funny because like those were official translations, and mm-hmm. for for there to be just a difference in a name mm-hmm. is uh, is kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. Yeah. Obviously, two different teams working on uh, on that, yeah. and the left hand yeah. not knowing what the right hand is doing. Yeah. Right. Well, we're getting a little too far into uh, modding uh, territory for my taste, so uh, I'm going to rein us back in talk about some emulation. So um, yeah. kind of want to talk about our current setups 
And Jay, again, I think we'll end with you because yours is probably a little more <laughs> complex. Uh, Joe, are you you're currently running any emulation there? In your, uh, now, it doesn't always have I mean, to be on a PC, obviously. No, but I mean, if you count the... Uh, I've got two arcade machines in my house, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. one of them is kind of the repurposed like emulator, for lack of a better term, of all three of the Star Wars arcade games from the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, and then I've also got the uh, the Legends Ultimate arcade machine that has like a crap ton oh, of yeah. games on it. And then you can even add more by using a thumb drive. I still don't know quite how to do it, but it, apparently the ability is there. But I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, that's an emulation machine. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was always most interested in. Like, I like being able to go back. Like, I love that Jay, uh, Jail broke my, my PSP. So I'm able to play a whole bunch of games on that. At one point, my Vita was uh, was modded, so that way I could play games on that thing. But I ended up wanting to like power it down, and, and apparently, if you did that, like it would take the modding off or whatever, which is fine. Uh, no, it's it's okay. It's fine. The I think the PSP is better for the modding. Um, but there's like, a way to make I that was... permanent now, though. No, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Joe's over it. What, uh, what I was always most interested in, though, was like getting getting emulators for the arcade games I loved yes. to play as a kid. Like those were the games I couldn't play at home. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, like the oh, man, like the double the original Double Dragon, or there's this WWF like WrestleFest game that like they never released on any of the consoles and. To be able to play that again, like the Willow arcade game, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's so many cool arcade. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, like Mame, M A M E, or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the files, and like those are the games I'm interested in playing. And so having the stand up arcade machine that can play a lot of that stuff. Uh, that's, I mean, that's heaven for me, being able to yeah. do that. And Joe, you were right. <laughs> You're speaking my language because uh, that's. That that was kind of the holy grail for me. It was the Ninja Turtles arcade game because I loved mm-hmm. that in the arcade. Played it so much, uh, and then they were like, "Okay, we're, we're going to release it on NES," but uh-huh. it was so like watered. Down. It wasn't even the same. You couldn't yeah. even play four players. Like that's one of the main benefits. Yeah. Uh, it didn't look the same. The music wasn't the same. They like added a bunch of levels, and I'm like, "Thanks, guys," but you really kind of like overcompensating for you know lack of not being the arcade yeah. game uh and it was yeah. a good 10 years before I, that was my white whale the ninja turtles arcade game and when i was finally able to install that and play that on a home pc i was like wow this is yeah like you said show it's heaven yeah yeah uh well for me my current setup uh i'm i'm unfortunately a mac user which is why i'm uh or fortunately obviously if you're looking at it that way the, the the world of emulation uh, is always a few years behind here. Uh, it always takes somebody to... I mean, th- everything is out there, and yes, it can be done, but um, I'm so spoiled. One of the reasons I use a Mac is because I don't want to get into the guts, generally, of you know PCs and, and, and have to write a bunch of code and jump through a bunch of hoops and install drivers. I don't never want to install a driver again in my life. Um, all that stuff happens automatically. So part of uh, you know the Mac experience is uh, there being something. It's got to be user friendly, right? It's got to be fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have that now. There is a uh, an app specifically for the Mac called uh, Open Emu or Emu. I guess that's how you uh, pronounce yep. it. Um, where they they find all the different cores for all the consoles yep. or, or arcades or whatever, um, and it's all packaged up in a pretty little bow. 
Uh, and yeah, man, it makes uh, hooking up your own peripherals super easy. Browsing your games library, it automatically like categorizes them, and a little pull in thumbnails uh, from online, so you got you know the images that you're used to. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that's that is that that has been the holy grail, and uh, I kind of feel like I've I've got that now. So it's just a little software yeah. package and all your ROMs in a folder. Probably takes less than a hundred megs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the that actually came out um probably close to ten years ago now because yep. I remember uh when I was on Mac and it had just gone into like an open beta and yeah. I, I was able to get in on that so that I could I could help test it out. And you're right, like just being able to have all of that because at the you know back then it was like you had all these different emulators for all the different systems, mm-hmm. which are still available, but it was just so much nicer to have everything kind of yeah. in one place, one time to configure your controllers, one time yep. to you know you could use a controller on all of these systems. You didn't have to have specific controllers for the one systems. app to rule them all. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know when I moved back to PC, it was like. I really miss this. I need to find something that's like this. And I did. There's a oh. there's an app um called RetroArc on, oh. on PCs. Um and it uh later on after I had learned a little bit more about it uh the Open Emu actually uses the same emulator cores oh. that RetroArc does. RetroArc started this this uh project called LibRetro. And LibRetro is what all the cores are. So it's all open source, so all these other things can use it, like OpenEMU uses it. There's another one called um, Emulation Station, which Mm. uh, is kind of another front end. Um, If you've ever done anything with like a a RetroPie, Raspberry Pi images, that's all Emulation Station. So it's using these these LibRetro cores for its emulation as well. Um, and I see it's so also yeah, it's, uh, Mac compatible. It's cross-platform. Too. Yes, oh, I'll have to yeah. check this one out. Windows, Mac, do you, Linux. Do you they've pref- got it on Android. Ah. They've got it on. Uh, uh, they've got console versions. Like if you if you hack your consoles, like uh, with my Switch, but mm-hmm. also there's one for the Xbox, the Xbox One, and the Xbox uh, Series X and S. Um, I think you can get them for PSP. You can get it wow. for. Vita, I think PlayStation Four. Everything uh, I think even noticeably absent uh, was iOS. I noticed when you were uh, talking about Android. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah. Gonna, you're gonna have to hack your phone and uh, sideload that. Yeah, it's it's actually gotten a little better now. There is a which is kind of weird because this is emulating not a program but emulating the store. Uh, there's mm. a, a um, it's basically you run a little program on your computer that emulates the Apple Store oh. so that way it can send Connected. programs to your iPhone. Oh, yeah. clever. So your iPhone sees it and is like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a that's an Apple Store. Okay, cool, I'll pull that program down. But yeah, that sounds like a lot of trouble to go through to uh, play it Mario actually, Brothers on your phone. Right, yeah, yeah. For for iOS, it's it's not too bad because it's definitely easier than than going on a full jailbreak of your, of your device. Yeah. And, um, but it, it does involve kind of the the 
you you need to put a lot of trust in <laughs> this thing that's running on your computer to yeah not break one, your phone not be yeah not be a, a virus or something on your computer two not steal all your information that's from Apple and true. three yeah not not break your phone yeah, so, yeah. I think we're all a little gun shy nowadays all the, the ransomware yeah. going around uh, good yeah. point yeah. Jay, are there any specific uh, uh, avenues that you wanted to explore around the world of emulation? Because I, <laughs> we, we can kind of riff here. I, I do want to hear about your uh, your hacked switch, but um, and maybe that's okay. what we do next. We talk about like consoles that we've hacked. I mean, you know, we've we've got like you know, I know Joe mentioned the the arcade machines that he's got, but you know, he also we also have like the the. The NES and the SNES classics, the Genesis That's true. classic mm-hmm. that just came out. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna go all into that's... I was gonna go into all the like the the little mini versions. Uh, mm-hmm. I have like the oh my god, the Commodore sixty four mini. Oh, that's right. Uh, the the Neo Geo mini. I basically have all of them except for the Turbo Graphics sixteen one that yeah. apparently is like three hundred dollars to try to get that god. thing. I know it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's there, there's absolutely ridiculous. Quite a rabid fan base for that little uh, console, and uh, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, it, was, it was good at the time. Uh, so yeah. you, you want to talk about them in the sense that they are actually running emulation. They're basically emulators right. packaged. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. They're 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 basically just emulators that are are sanctioned by the yeah. by the console owners and the and the publishers that that did all this stuff originally. Now, how does that work because um, I know Nintendo has been kind of like famously hostile towards uh anybody, you know, they uh took down one of my favorite uh emu sites, uh Emu Paradise. It's mm-hmm. where I used to get all yep. my ROMs from, man. Yep. It was so nice. You yep. just kind of had to jump through a couple of hoops, uh, maybe watch an ad or two. Download some uh, malware to your computer before you get the ROM, but oh, they always had what you were looking for, and they always had like multiple yep. versions. Like I remember trying to uh, yes. download Street Fighter Two for the first time, and Emu Paradise was like, "Well, have I got a story for you? Like what? Ver- like <laughs> I got twelve Street Fighter Twos. Like what do you want? You know, I got Street yeah. Fighter Two, Tur- yeah. I got Street Fighter Rainbow. <laughs> like I got all these sorts of hacked versions. Um, but then you yeah, want Puzzle Fighter, I'll get you Puzzle <laughs> Fighter. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think it was Nintendo and maybe some other uh, developers. But I feel like Nintendo was spearheading. Uh, the, I think the it was Nintendo down. mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. You can no longer go there. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I, I know that they're they're within their rights to do that, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's hard to it's hard to defend uh, some of these places that are like Emu Paradise wasn't doing it. Which some of these places they they want you to donate before you right. can get access to stuff or they'll do stuff like the ads, uh, which I guess maybe is what Nintendo got them on because they're, because they're making money doing this. Yeah. <clears throat> right. That's what they're going after. Um, but yeah, I, I've always found it kind of ironic in a way that Nintendo, yeah. after all this time was, they, they have a, uh, like an FAQ on their website, some uh, the question asked of, you know, something about emulation. Are emulators okay? And Nintendo, their answer for that has always been, emulation is illegal. Emulation <laughs> is piracy. It's, you know, you can't do this. And it's like, no. I, I mean, yeah. back in the day, Sony went to court against um, that's right, Bleem to do this, and and you know, Sony lost because mm-hmm. emulation is not illegal. It's, 
downloading the the ROMs. Yeah. <laughs> now the way you could get, get you in, yeah, get yes. you in trouble. But it depends on how you get them. Um, well, I guarantee most people aren't uh, ripping their right, own uh, cartridges. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah, most people probably aren't, but the option is there. And and if you want to be, you know, completely legal and still emulate, you can't do it. But yeah, the the yeah, awfully uh, hypocritical of them to then exactly hypocritical and, and ironic because they turn around and, and release their own mm. emulators when they did the virtual consoles um, yeah yeah uh, for the Wii That's and right. hell even in uh, even on the GameCube they released Ocarina of Time as a oh, two pack disc with Majora's Mask with yeah. the yeah, and uh, also the Master Quest. And the Master Quest. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was done on an emulator. So <laughs> it's I, like it's 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 not illegal when they do it. Just illegal when. when yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like don't don't call it illegal. It's so, it's yeah. Not. It's hypocritical in that way, but then also like you know the 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 emulators that are running their own games were developed by some of these same people that, uh, you know, yeah. vilifying and trying to be, yeah. to, to get shut down. And so like, I mean, in a lot of ways you can say that, you know, it was the emulators that kind of are saving some of these games and then allowing these exactly. companies to turn around and, and profit off their work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, you know, like, like we said, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a way to preserve this history hmm. because a lot of this stuff, I mean, Hardware doesn't last forever. Nope. You know, the eventually your your NES is going to break down, so you don't have the option of just whenever you want to to, mm-hmm. to plug it up to a TV. And even if it, even if you did have that option, you've spent a lot TVs, of time justifying this in your head. <laughs> well, no, but it's like like <laughs> it, TVs nowadays don't even have the Forget connections. About the license to it, please don't. Hardware is not going to last forever. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean but I mean like TVs nowadays don't even have the the plugins. Yeah. To to do those old systems, so you end the, up having the RCA to, plugins. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you end up having to either emulate mm-hmm. if you want to continue playing these games, or go in and actually open up your system and basically hack on a a video an audio output that is compatible with current modern no nobody's doing technology that. i know there are companies yeah. you can like send your original console off and they will do this for you uh yeah. but yeah no much more reasonable to just uh well look at that company analog that i love and yes yeah. they're yeah. they're they're not doing emulation they're doing the the hardware version they're basically kind of recreating yeah. the hardware that was in these old consoles genesis and turbo graphic 16 and oh my god i cannot wait for the pocket yeah, that, little, that yes. uh, portable uh, emulator—it's again not an emulator uh, hardware that'll, yeah. that'll play all these old games. They've got you know, HDMI outs on all their uh, consoles, yeah. and that's that's the only other way to do it. That's the only way to play the original cartridges uh, on any sort of modern hardware. But it's expensive and uh, frankly yeah. limited stock, and it's not really an option for a lot of people, and shouldn't have to yeah. be. And it shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't have to be. And you know, there's the common thing about people downloading ROMs is, you know, they're, they're, you're stealing from these companies. I can see that for some of the games, some of the ones that are, are still being made kind of available piecemeal, you know, yes. the, like the Mario brothers, you know, super Mario brothers and things like that. Cause that's still available technically to on, buy. you know, switch. Yeah. But some of these older games that aren't available anywhere, you, you can't get them. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to get a, a cartridge of it for 
several hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, even if you buy that cartridge just to have the, yes, I paid for this, so I I legally own this now, the company that made the game isn't getting any of that money. That's true, yeah. It's all It's uh, going to the person that you bought it from. That's right, resale. So you're not actually stealing from the company by downloading the game <laughs> you make uh i have very... my ways of justifying this <laughs> yeah i feel like you've got your your legal argument all uh, lined out there for that day when uh, yeah. the raid unit kicks down your door yeah, yeah. wants your hard drives <laughs> uh which brings yeah. us to, to you jay we have not talked about uh what you're currently emulating because uh well, I could probably do a whole uh, another hour on that but i know um <laughs> you, you you've had a, a recent addition to your emulation family. Yes. Tell, yes. Tell us about that. So, you know, I have a, I have a day one switch and mm. it, it's been for a long time. It's been known, you know, how hackable it is. You know, people, oh. people have been hacking them for several years now. Um, I was a little gun shy to do it because I like to make sure before I do something like this, I like to make sure that I have another one around. Right. In case. So in case I, yeah, in case I fuck something up, mm-hmm. I'm not without my Switch. But it, it's gotten to the point now where it's just so easy and straightforward to do. It doesn't involve any any kind of soldering, doesn't involve any kind of um, you know physical modification in any way, mm-hmm. and it's not permanent. So if you if you don't want to have it on there, you can just shut it down, turn it back on, and you're back to the stock. Oh, so it's kind of like dual firmware. Booting. Yeah, ah. yeah. And uh, in the same way, you know, one of the things that people were running into early on was they were getting banned from uh, Nintendo Online. The store, yeah, the service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fortunately, it was a console ban, not your account ban. Oh, so yeah. you could just go buy another console, which I think Nintendo intentionally did it. Like, okay, well, we're going to ban your console, so uh, a, you can pay us more money to go buy another console. Basically, a, get back on a three hundred dollar fine. Basically, is what they're levying. Exactly. On you. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, with the with the way that it works, all of the um, all of the software that you install runs off the SD card. Mm. So as soon as you take that out, you're completely back to stock system. And there's uh, when you when you do the hack, it has. Um, all of the servers and stuff that uh, are Nintendo servers blocked so that your console will never talk to Nintendo servers. <laughs> so you don't ever get, you don't ever Flagged. get, uh, you don't ever get console banned. Yeah. Ah. yeah. It does. It does prevent you from playing online, at least officially playing eh. online. There are community made servers <laughs> for people who have hacked switches <laughs> so that they can play online together. Their own yeah. walled garden. That's funny. Basically, yeah. Uh, Basically, yeah. <laughs> but but what I'm hearing yeah, you say is, uh, yeah, now is the, the it it's gotten so easy that there's almost uh, no reason not to, especially if uh, no reason not to. Yeah, the benefits are as bountiful as uh, you claim. And that that uh, text you sent us yeah. earlier, you sent us a screenshot on our little uh, oh, yeah. group thread uh, with the 60 bit gladiators of uh, yeah your homes your new home screen on your Switch with uh, mm-hmm. you got that Metroid uh, was AM two R that Metroid two remake yeah. That uh, yep. I guess what yep. what was new with that? It wasn't running before, and now it is. Well, it's so AM2R was uh, it's a fan based game. Like right. they they completely from scratch built this game uh, to kind of bring Metroid Two mm-hmm. into the more modern age, based off of 
uh, Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion, right. the the kind of advancements that have been done in that time. Mm-hmm. But it was only for PC. People have now taken it upon themselves to add enhancements to it and and fix it up. And um, they ported it to Mac. They ported it to Linux. They ported it to Android. And now there's a specific Switch because, port. Yeah, and now there's a Switch port for it mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. So I, I was just kind of browsing through the, the Homebrew uh, app launcher on there. And, and it's like... I didn't know that it was ported over to it, but I just saw it. it was like AM2R. I was like, oh shit. So I downloaded it and booted it up. It's like, it's fucking AM2R. Nice. Holy shit. And it's like a snapshot. In, this is this is happening now. Yeah, it looks like it's in widescreen. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've been wanting to play that and I, I do have it, but uh, I'm I'm this close. And, and based on how this conversation goes, maybe hacking my Switch uh, over the weekend. Jen is into it too. She was like, I want to hack something. I'm like, well, here we go. This Hell is our yeah. opportunity. Hell yeah. Jay said it was easy. I... Uh, it is. It is very easy. Um, I will. I will gladly uh, help you through anything. Uh, I'll send you some links on the on the places that I went to. I'll, I'll show you where all the 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 firmware that I got, the bootloader um, thing, the little the little tool that you need to hack with <laughs> is. It basically just slides down in the rail. Um, I picked up one of these things, which is a. It actually injects the hack into it. So that I can do it from wherever. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that. Well, so you've got you've got the the firmware that basically sits on here, mm-hmm. and you can either from your computer load it into the switch, yeah, with a you know with a USB cable, or use one of these little things. Um, and basically, what this allows you to do is, even if you're out somewhere and oh. you want to you want to inject it in there, you don't have to have your computer with you. I see. It acts uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, very cool, man. Right. It's come a long yeah. way uh, from back in the right. day. What's, what's exactly. The, so that all, that does sound pretty easy. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you said it was as easy. So I, I, although I know a J easy probably is more like a Joel medium to moderate difficulty. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, what's yeah, the, I, mean, I, I would say it's, I'd say it's, Probably even a Joel easy. Yeah, you think so too? Well, yeah. I, I did. Yeah, just, just for some context, um, I did hack my uh, SNES Classic uh, because mm-hmm. uh, it uh, they, they, made, they made a mistake when it was shipped in that uh, there were several uh, important games that are uh, part of the Super Nintendo catalog that uh, should have been on it and for licensing reasons weren't on it. So uh, I remedied that by, uh, by hacking my SNES Classic. But... Again, Absolutely. since I'm a Mac user, it did involve me having to dual boot into Windows, install uh, yeah. some software, find the ROMs, copy and paste some code. But I just followed this multi-step process, and uh, I don't really know. I can't explain what I was doing, but it worked. And now I've got uh, oh. my, my beloved yeah. Ninja Turtles arcade game on, on my SNES Classic. Joe, have you ever nice. personally done this, or have these all been handed off to you by uh, Jay? I'll hand it off to me. I don't, I don't. I don't like to do it. I don't like to touch it. You guys sitting here talking about like doing like the soft mods on the Switch. Uh-huh. Don't even want to do that. No. Don't even want to do like it, for. I paid a what three hundred dollars mm-hmm. for my Switch. I don't. I'm not interested at all in modifying it. I'll. Totally I'll wait. You know. I got. I got plenty of other things that I can play my games on. I'm. I'm good, man. What's What's your main emulation machine there at uh, at your abode? Did I ask the you arcade that machine. 
that oh. I talked about like yeah, yeah. That's twenty what minutes it was. ago. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought maybe you had like a like a Raspberry Pi or something like you said. Jay uh, gave you with a bunch of games on it. No, Jay. Jay got me a Raspberry Pi for my birthday or or for Christmas a few years ago, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was awesome. It was the first time I was able to play Die Hard for the NES again in forever, Uh, and I'm not as good at that game as I used to be. I used to be so good at that game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have a Raspberry Pi too, uh, and I've and I have like all the the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, the the Sega Genesis Mini, yeah. the uh, like I said, the Commodore sixty four Mini, the, the 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 Neo Geo Mini, the uh, the Intellivision <laughs> Classic, um, yeah, like all these different systems, uh, and and a lot of it is like I kind of like having the um, kind of like the model of the old video game systems me i used too. to have as a kid me too yeah, yeah like i've got i've got the atari 2600 um like that's that's amazing and and last year for christmas my wife she had she was part of this kickstarter for oh, the, yeah. the new atari vcs and uh like i i was raised my first video game system was the atari so i know they've come out with like eight or nine different like mini emulator versions yes. of the of the atari um and this new one the vcs for the most part is kind of another emulator like most of the games that i play are like there's a couple of apps they're called like atari arcade one and atari arcade two or something like that yeah and it's just a collection of the old games and it's kind of fun being able to play those like on a big hd tv and stuff and i don't know like i i maybe that's the the weird like retro hipster gamer in me but like i kind of dig it like i know a lot of people give that system some shit they're like oh what's the point what even is the point in today's day and age with a ps5 and the xbox series x and i'm like i don't know man just the nostalgia yeah. like being yep. able to play a game like i used to play with the old joystick and a button mm-hmm. and uh like that's that's all i need and you know like i i've, I've told you before on that that the atari vcs it's literally a computer it's not yep. You know, it's not like a little arm board, like a Pi or some sort of a similar type thing that the the mini uh, NES and SNES and stuff are. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an actual computer, and you don't yeah. even have to hack it. You can just install software to it, install you know, other are emulators, and stuff Cyberpunk to it. off of it. They're exactly. playing cyber. They're they're, <laughs> they're yeah, no, they're playing like um <laughs> like a cloud version of Cyberpunk. Oh, that's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, Again, it's it's why? great. Well, because you can, you yeah. know. Yes, can. yes. That yeah. if if the emulation crowd has taught us anything, that's the answer. Because it's possible. Uh, but Jay, I, I did want to ask you: What is the most difficult mm-hmm. uh, thing you've ever had to hack to get it to run emulation? The most difficult one I had, oh, uh, probably the original PlayStation. Is it's either between that one or the original Xbox because both of wow. those involved uh, actually getting a chip like a hardware chip oh. and soldering it on to the <laughs> onto their motherboards. Um, That's hard. So you so yeah those you literally yeah. soldered something onto your heart your motherboard. Wow, yeah, man, you yeah. Has there been a system that you haven't hacked? Have you not hacked any of your consoles? Because it sounds like you've done. A I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, all of the, like the NES, Super NES, uh, N64, I did not hack those. Yeah. I didn't hack my GameCube. Hmm. Um. Yeah, because I guess they're, they're uh, kind of a, a little farther, because they've got that custom hardware, it's not really like off-the-shelf components right. that you, uh, that you're working with. Right. Right, right. So, so which ones have you hacked? Um, you said you did the PlayStation, you did the original Xbox. So I did, yeah, the PlayStation, Xbox, 
and I did technically did the PlayStation two, but it was more of a, not necessarily a hack. It was more of a, uh, a, a exploit that you could do to where you could essentially put a disc in to get it booting. And then you ejected the disc to put in another disc of, of yeah. a, you know, unsigned code that you wanted it to play. I know you hacked your Wii, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, when the Wii came out, um, that was another one that I, I let it for probably the first couple of years. I, I didn't do anything, uh, in terms of hacking it, but then once it got to a point where it was like, Oh, all you need to do is, um, put this SD card in and run this game and it'll hack your system for you. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can do that. So, so yeah, I got it. I got it hacked. Um, Ooh. and then of course, yeah, the, the, I haven't done the Wii U yet and I haven't done the 3ds yet, but, uh, both of those are on, on kind of my, Ooh. my short list of things that I'm going to need to, to get hacked here pretty soon. Yeah. 3ds sounds um, kind of enticing. Um, I'd, I'd yeah. love to be able to load a bunch of games onto that. Right. Exactly. Uh, I did hack the DS, the original, not the original DS, but the DS Lite when it came out. Because uh, it was another one of those ones that was like, I, I just need a little piece of foil and I touch a contact right here. And it was literally just underneath the battery cover. You just touch this contact. And while you're holding it, you turn it on. And it's like, okay, you're hacked. It's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so so, easy, so easy stuff like that is like, why would I not do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But but then um, I think the funny thing is we we go through all of this trouble and then we're just end up playing like like with my uh, Dreamcast I'm just playing Atari twenty six hundred games like I'm playing yeah, games yeah. that I probably have access to uh, a hundred times over. hundred other ways exactly yeah, yeah. much like your Game and Watch yeah. your new Zelda Game mm-hmm. and Watch that's uh, yeah. sometimes uh, having it with you having it uh, in a more convenient uh, place yeah that's that's all worth exactly. it oh yeah to be able to to be able to bring it with me like that's what i like about the the game and watches like the, all the little mini emulators like i've got the the atari one again there's atari um <laughs> you know just i i like having and that that's kind of where i'm like i don't really want my pc like my emulators on my pc and i like having my emulators on the arcade machine but where they're most valuable is like the vita or the not the video the PSP that's like being good. able to carry those games with me yeah. that's my like cuz I am ever and that's why the switch is like perfect for my lifestyle it's like mm-hmm. I just I'm always gaming on the go and so to have a, a library or libraries of games that I loved uh being able to take those with me on the go man that's where emulation has become the most valuable yeah then you should yeah, hack your switch man exactly no exactly <laughs> No. Go ahead. Jim. Yeah, that's that's one of the, the you know that was one of the the real motivating factors to get me to to go ahead and and do the hack on the switch, uh, before you know before getting one uh, you know a backup one. I got the um, Steam Deck coming. Like and that yeah, it's like the Steam Deck's <laughs> coming, but it's like it's still still a few months out, and this was before you know before we got the the disappointing news that they're pushing it back another couple months, but. You know, I, I I I've been on this kind of this quest to find the perfect portable emulation, and I'm looking at you know Android phones, and it's like uh, these little uh, hundred dollar devices on like Amazon, the the RG three fifty ones and things like that that are they're kind of built to look like a Switch or a little Game Boy advances or something, yeah, um, and to run all these all these games on them, but it's like most of them struggle 
uh, with anything uh, N64 and higher. Oh, well. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, you still have a, a massive library of games earlier than that, that that you can get access to. But it's like, if you want to play anything a little bit more modern, yeah, just the hardware is not there. Uh, so that's why I would look at, like, Android phones. But it's like, I, I don't really want to spend, you know, $1,000 on a phone. Right. That's not optimal when for I, you know, playing these games anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, getting the Switch here, and it's like, well, I mean, the Switch is, it's running one of the more, one of the more powerful Android chipsets, the, oh, yeah. you know, the Tegra X1. Um, and I know for years people have been running uh, emulators on the um, uh, NVIDIA uh, Shield TV. That's right. Which is the same chip that's on that's in the Switch. Oh. And you know, they've been running things, you know, GameCube and some Wii games and even some PS2 games. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh shit. Uh, you know, I could actually have this kind of in my hand to be able to play these things. So yeah, it was like I need to I need to get I need to get on this, especially with as easy as, as it's gotten to be. Yeah. No. It that, just made just made sense to me. It seems like the ultimate kind of gaming but also emulation machine because yeah, once you do yeah. that, you can literally have every video game ever made <laughs> running off of this just one about, device. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know the Steam Deck um people have been posting up like there's a there's a couple of other handheld held handheld PCs that are currently available but they're like 800 to 1000 dollars at Oof. minimum. Uh and they're not even as powerful as at least the hardware that we know is going into the steam deck. They're not even quite as powerful as that, Wow! but they're running, you know, PlayStation three, they're running, um, switch, uh, Xbox 360 games. So I know when the, when the steam deck comes out that all that stuff will be available, um, to me, but at least, at least for the time being with the switch, I can, I can at least get up to PS2, which (laughs) is still pretty exciting. There you go. When it comes to disc-based consoles, I have yet to emulate any of those. Like, none of the GameCube, PS1, mm. PS2. I, I don't know why. I, I, oh, I, man. I, I probably should because one of the, the downsides of those old disc-based games, I say old, we still do it today, uh, are, are, are the load times. And Is it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no way to get around that. But to be able to load an entire, uh, you know, two-disc, you know, Knights of the Old Republic 2 or something like that, and not have to worry about load times. That's uh, that's pretty enticing. Yeah, yeah, and it and it, it does it, it it works out like that. Like even you know looking at like uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, for the you know for the original PlayStation had go. three discs. Yeah, and you know the there there are people that have built tools to where they can take those three disc images, combine it into one, and when it gets to a point where it's like okay, take out the disc and insert it. It's basically just press a button and it flips it for you automatically <laughs> nice. and goes into the next disc. Uh, I was like, shit, this is this is nice. That's awesome. I love what people are doing with emulation, mm-hmm. and I love that they are you know not just keeping these old games alive, which is is great and it's it's uh it's something that should be done like i I know you know like the the video game museum and stuff is trying to preserve video game history and things Mm -hmm. like that but they're but they're going through and giving them more modern conveniences and things that we're now used to being able to do just like things like save states you know to be able to just be like i don't have time to go you know run for 20 minutes to the last (laughs) save point exactly 
I just want to save and quit the game because I've got an appointment to get to or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can you can just hit a button and you've got to save and you can come back to it later. That's a good point and one Fantastic. we haven't talked about yet. But yeah, that, that one of the greatest benefits of, of emulation is uh, some of these games that were just too difficult. I think I told you guys, you know, we went through Mario Brothers 2, but like the, the Japanese mm-hmm. version, which we know is the Lost Levels. Uh, there's no way I would have beat that game without save states. But because I've got it here on my SNES Classic, and uh, anytime you fall in a hole, just a little uh, keyboard shortcut, restart over again. It's yep. like, uh, yeah, it's like the, the Matrix. I could, I could see the yep. Matrix now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've, I've been following this guy um, on uh, YouTube and Twitch who's just recently, you know, all these years he's been PlayStation and Xbox guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just recently getting into uh, some of the Nintendo stuff, and he started with Zelda, and he's he's now on on uh, Metroid. Oh yeah, you talked about this. And he's yeah, and he's he's gotten up into Super Metroid now, and he'll be um, you know he'll be fighting a boss or something and die, and of course he didn't save before going to the boss room, so his last save is like forty five minutes oh, back. No. So he, so he's. He like he'll look at the screen and he's just like he'll hit the button to to bring up the little <laughs> rewind <laughs> function and rewind it back. He's like, Y'all didn't see that. <laughs> he'll go and do it again. It's true. Like it's perfect. It's great that this, yeah, that's that what this it's exists. Yeah. yeah. That just yeah. means we have more time to play other games. And that's what exactly. it's all about, right? Yeah. Uh exactly. well here we are. We are living the dream in the year twenty twenty one where uh Emulation's a thing, and the software's gotten easier, and the hardware's gotten more powerful. And uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, how how long before we're going to be able, able to emulate Xbox One and PS4 games on hardware, or are we there already? I know here just recently, like within the last month, mm-hmm. uh, there was a preliminary um, emulator released for PS4. It doesn't boot any of the games yet, but it is running <laughs> like the firmware code so that it's it's hit that, that first stage to where now they got to do a start figuring out the tweaks and stuff, and then they can start right. running the games yeah. to, Baby steps. to do that. So it's coming. It's coming. Yep. Wow. What a time yeah. to live in. It's it's preservation of the, of the history of these games, mm-hmm. and I, I see it on, online all the time. People will, will jump in and be like, it's illegal. It's illegal. It's like, no. It's it's not illegal. You need to you need to actually look up the uh, whatever the Bling Sony versus Bling case, and it's already been decided in in law. It's it yeah. is now law. It is not legal. It's not illegal to to emulate. And you know there there's access now to you know back in the day to be able to dump carts. You used to have to buy like a two hundred dollar custom piece of hardware for each type of cart that you wanted. So like a, an NES cart and a Super NES cart and a Genesis cart, you had to have a different thing for each one of them. Now they have these ones that you can just plug pretty much whatever cart you want into, or at least NES, Super NES, and and then there'll be like Genesis and Master System and or things like your like the analog. Um, I believe that even takes the cart when you put it in and dumps the ROM into its own memory storage, which I think then you can then take that and save it off onto your computer. So you can dump your cart, dump Mm. your ROMs with that. Didn't I know that? Mm -hmm. Jeez. Like 
It's, it's the preservation of the history of these games. <laughs> like, shut up, you pirate. You just yeah, want to play is. all the games. It is. I mean, there's a... There's a you a stop. You, you're not Indiana yeah. Jones. It's <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. There, there, was a, there was a talk, um, I don't know, three or four years ago, somebody did... The, it's basically the guy that, that did the Mega Man X, or no, the Mega Man Collection. I am Mega Man. <laughs> with the, you know, that's Cyan. that's like an official thing. You know, Capcom yeah. hired him to do this and stuff, and they hired him because he uh, developed. Uh, I forget which emulator it was, but he developed uh, an emulator that that impressed them. So they hired mm-hmm. him to make an emulator for running their. Uh, running their Mega Man series wow. to be able to release this as a, as an official product. And that kind of kicked off the thing like the, the, the Contra uh, anniversary collection and the Castlevania anniversary yeah. collection. And now the Castlevania advance and stuff, all those are, are coming about because these companies are starting to see the, yeah, the value value in, in doing this, you know, cause they, they know people want to play these games. Mm-hmm. So why not sell it to them? You know? Yeah, I'm here to buy. So it. When we were 19 and 20 years old, and you were getting like Final Fantasy V and like the, on your PC, you were doing it for the preservation of the history of the game. <laughs> no, I wanted to play the game. So was, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, it's not over here in America. I can't get a hold of it anyway. Uh, so why? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and download it and grab it. <laughs> um, and even if I imported it, it was like I don't, I can't read or speak Japanese. So that's a good point. That wouldn't do me any good. <laughs> yes. So. There you go. One of the many uses, uh, for emulation, uh, whatever your, uh, your, your legal, uh, take on it is, uh, it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like you said, uh, Jay, it's, uh, here to stay. People are, even the companies themselves are recognizing the, the value in, uh, in having emulation to, to, to preserve, but also, uh, yeah, to experience these games. Yeah, yeah. Games are made to be played, much like Toy Story. Toys are made to be played with. Games are no different. Uh, and play we will. Absolutely. All right. That Absolutely. was our big uh, emulation episode. Thank you, Jay. Nice wrap-up. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for uh, yeah recommending that topic. Uh, real fun. And, uh, yeah, wasn't as uh, difficult to fill an hour talking about emulation as I might thought. And Joe, thank you for uh, sharing your your opinions and stories as well. Whatever, man. This is bullshit. I thought we were talking about porno games. (laughs) I thought that was the topic. (laughs) That's just what I told you to get you on the podcast. (laughs) I could only use that ruse once, though, unfortunately. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about those weird Mugen fighting games where, like, you could get it on with Mrs. Incredible. Come on. (laughs) I'm quite sure I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. Uh, but stay tuned maybe we'll do an episode on uh, naughty naughty band games Uh, but not next week next week we're going to be talking about a different aspect of uh, gaming I mean it is a full on sport now like I remember back in the day uh, you know people would brag about how long it would take I think Joe you famously brag about how long uh, it takes you to beat Super Mario Brothers 2 how long is it for Mario 2, I usually, I think I could beat that within like 30 to 40 minutes. No, it's um, less than that. It's like 15 minutes, it's isn't it? Probably less. We When we went to the uh, the video game museum yeah. where they preserve the history of video games, um, we uh, we went to the arcade and they had Super Mario 2 there and I think I beat it within like 15 to 20. Yeah. I can't remember how, how long it was. Of course you have. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, 
I speed run that. I used to speed run the hell out of that when I was a kid. And the original Resident Evil, I used to be able to beat in under an hour and a half. Really? Yeah. And that is our topic next week on the podcast. We're going to be talking about speed running, uh, games we've seen speed run, uh, some of the uh, crazy things that speedrunners do to break the games, to uh, eke every last second out of their run. Uh, and yeah, all that and more next week on the 16-Bit Gladiators. All right, once again, Jay, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bringing your emulator knowledge. And Joe, always great having you on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Uh, and most importantly, you, the listener. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, subscribing. Uh, and uh, check out our website, 16bitgladiators.com, to find links to all of our socials and handy links uh, to subscribe to this year's podcast. Uh, and stay tuned next week for another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.